Welcome to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. Now sit back, relax, and rewind your mind. Reminisce with friends you didn't even know you had. And if you weren't there, then this is news to you. Hey there, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power. I am Mikey. I'm Corey. And we're back. What is this, week four? Week, this will be three. Week, week three. three. Yeah. Week three of our uh, of our three-part Jim Henson, Jim Henson series. series. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed the, the previous uh, installments of this. I mean, I, we, we had fun doing them. We did. Yeah. The first week was very exciting. The first week, yeah, it was good. Uh, the second week was fun. Yeah. Talking about the Muppets. Muppets and the Fraggles and... Yeah, and such. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna jump into uh, kind of the third. You know, you can kind of break Jim Henson's career up into three parts. You had Sesame Street. Yep. You had the Muppets. They're the very Muppet centric universe, and then I guess other stuff that Jim Henson Productions has done. Movies. And yeah, most they, of they the dabbled into movies. Yeah, and outside their great Muppet capers or Muppets take Manhattan right anything like that and the thing is um Jim Henson I and I didn't realize this but he was a, a director of a lot of these films um or had some some you know producer director or whatever and he also provided the the, the puppetry and, and the, the creatures you know and like we talked about before if he didn't actually some him or someone representing his company didn't actually do the puppeteering. They yeah. made the puppet. And, but in a lot of cases, they, they actually did the puppeteering. And, we just want to kind of talk about some of these. It's going to be in like, kind of no order. It's going to just, kind of throwing it out there. Whatever um, whatever we feel like. I mean, it's our show. We can, yeah. we can do it however we want. We don't have a script or anything like that, so. We, you know, we don't even research. We not just, until we turn the camera, not until we turn the microphone on. Yeah, we turn the microphone on, and then it's like, <laughs> and it's like let's let's look up this Wikipedia. Let's look up this just for a guide. Most of it's but, from memory. You know what? One thing I got to say, though, kind of off topic a little bit. We want to hear from everybody who listens. Yeah, yeah. I don't throw a throw a comment on like Apple or Spotify or whatever you listen or, to, or, or our Facebook, Facebook page. page, or send us an email. We do have an email still. I don't think we have. We we might still have a phone number. I don't know. I, we might. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you want to send a voicemail, there's a way to do it. If we don't own that number anymore, just call and leave a voicemail anyway. Somebody will get back to you. Yeah. It may not be us. might not be us, but somebody but, will. You know, you could be calling Domino's or some random number. <laughs> yeah. Domino's, love the show. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Anything exciting happened to you before we get started? Anything sad this last week? I mean, No, uh, we had that storm plow- blow through. and Oh, you've been working a shit time, haven't you? Not, not a lot, just playing a little bit of catch-up on some of the damage that came through. And we had a, that another, our second annual land hurricane, I guess you want to call it. That, that was crazy. Did um, you look at the radar on it? Oh, yeah, I watched Dude, it. it looked just like a freaking hurricane. It was a hurricane. 70, we, 90 mile an hour winds. Yeah, we had a tropical storm in the middle of Nebraska in December. Yeah. Global warming my ass. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> There's some climate shit going on. That's what, And that's why I told somebody at work, actually. Um, they were talking about, oh, this is so crazy, this is so crazy. And I said, you know, people always say that, you know, climate change isn't real and all this. I said, when there's a fucking tropical storm in the middle of Nebraska in, you know, December. The middle of December. Yeah, something's a little fucking wonky. And But, you know, but we're back down to, you know, 
little above average temperatures today. Right. You know, it was 70 fucking degrees the other day. I almost hit 80. Yeah. It, yeah. Dude, it, I walked outside. It was so humid. I mean, it was like walking into a brick wall. I couldn't breathe. Well, it wasn't like that until just before it rained. Yeah. All day, it was like 70 degrees and just nice. It was it was warm. Maybe where you were at, but when I walked out of my house at 7 or 6.30 in the morning, oh, it, it, was, was, it was thick. It where where I was, it was it's like walking into a fucking steam room, and, and I'm like what thirty miles south yeah. of you. Um, it was just seventy, and you know, okay, usually if it's in the seventies in Nebraska in the summertime, it, you can feel the humidity. Yeah, you couldn't feel any humidity, and it was just it was like when you sit in front of a window and the sun's out and you, it's just warm. It's not humid. It's it's just nice. That's what it felt like. Well, then it fucking, after it got done with all the wind and the rain, everybody's car was brown. That was from the ash from the, the fires, like it would in Oklahoma or Is Texas. It in Kansas. Or Kansas. It's in Kansas. There's a fire, and that wind blew all the ash up here. Yeah. And the smoke. I could smell the smoke. Yep. Um, but, but when it was like 70 and not humid, it was weird. And everybody was asking, what's it like outside? I said, have you ever been to Hawaii? And they said, no. I said, go outside. This is what Hawaii feels like. Yeah. It was just nice. I said, it's like a tropical climate out there. It's nice. And I said, and this temperature is going to drop like 50 fucking degrees. And it did. And it did. And it rained. And it, when the wind blew. And then after it rained, did you, were you outside when, after it rained? I went to bed. It was just yellow. Everything, it just, everything was yellow. It had like oh, it a was, yellow yeah. Tint it, to it. it like quit raining. It was kind yeah. of from the smoke. And yeah. And I was like, this is weird. And then I went home and let the dog out because I waited until it quit. I was at work when it rained and then it quit raining right when they said it was going to. And they said, you're going to have like a 15 to 20 minute window and it's going to start raining. Again. Well, see, I was, I was, I had to go pick up my daughter. So I left like 10 minutes before it started raining. Oh shit. And I was like, look, I look at the fucking gas gauge. I'm like, ah, fuck, we need gas. Oh, was, you know, we're not going to, you know, make it anywhere tomorrow. Right. So I stopped at the gas station. The gas station was closed because of the storm. Oh, shit. Because we had the tornado sirens going on and on. Right. So they closed, but the pumps were still on. So I stopped and got gas, and as I'm sitting underneath the canopy, it starts fucking pouring. <laughs> and I couldn't see 15 feet in front of me. Right. And then it starts hailing. Oh, shit, we didn't get hail. So I had a little pea-sized hail. Okay. So I waited, because by the time I finished filling up my tank, it stopped hailing. I was like, all right, well, let's get in the car. Everybody roll up your windows, put your seatbelts on, shut the fuck up, because I got to pay attention. Right. And I just drove through the neighborhoods, but still, I mean, I'm like trying to drive and my, my oldest was with me and he's like, well, I'll help you. I'm like, I don't need your help. You're just going to distract me. Right. And so I'm kind of just creeping through the neighborhood until I got to where we needed to be and got home and I think it stopped raining five minutes after we got home. Two years. Yeah. No, the, the weirdest thing was I got home after fucking rain and all that and I went to let my dog out and... So I open the door and I, you know, I can just tell her, I open the front door and I tell her, go out and get in the kennel. And she just runs from the front door right into the kennel. And so I, she ran in there. I went and I shut the kennel door and I got to leave her outside for like 20 minutes. So she go to the bathroom. And so I turned around and I'm like, the fuck is on fire? I didn't realize that that smoke had blown up. Yeah. And I'm like, what is on fire? I'm like, and I'm looking around and I, and I, I looked at her because she was the only one there to talk to. I looked at her. I'm like, you smell something fucking burning there, Tessie? And she kind of looked at me like I was an idiot. <laughs> talking to me? Yeah, she does that a lot. 
And I'm like, this is fucking just bizarre, you know? So I'm like, well, fuck it. We're not on fire. Let's go Let's go back in the house and just sit this out. And then we lost power for like maybe 45 minutes. And Oh, shit. Yeah. So I was like sitting there uh, actually editing last week's show. By yeah. the, I had my flashlight. and I thought we were going to lose power. kept flickering on and off. We actually lost it, but it was just for about, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Or, uh, I mean, 45 minutes and it came back on. But, uh, yeah, it kind of sucked. So, but yeah, that's I got most of the show edited just during the blackout because... I have my laptop charged up like a oh nice yeah like a good boy you know, you're supposed to charge. Yeah, I told that's what I told Charlotte. I was like char- I told Charlotte the kids. I was like, plug your shit in, get it charged because yep. the power goes out. You're gonna be bored, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna have internet. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, remember it used to be like get gather up can- <coughs> candles, and make sure you got plenty of water and this and that. And now it's like charge your shit. Yeah, you know. Well, like I talked to a lot of other people online. I was like, what are you doing? I'm in the basement. Sirens are going off. I was like, what are you doing? Sitting on my couch. Yeah. I'm watching TV. Sirens, it ain't, it ain't a tornado. You know, they they said on the news. Well, there was some in Lincoln. There, there were there were tornadoes around Lincoln. I mean, the tornadoes, I watched them. They were, they, were, they were coming in, and then all of a sudden, they split. And they went right around where I was and, and, and Omaha. They split. One went way south and went, like, uh, just across the very lower corner of Cass County where I was. Down and, like Red Oak area. Yeah, and then and then they then they went into Iowa, and the other one went north of Omaha, and it went like up to Blair and out that way. But it, they were together, and then all of a sudden they just it just made a V and split. And I was like, oh, so I went out, and I you know I work in a nursing home, and everybody, the the people that lived there were a little keyed up. But I went out and I and they go, what's the weather doing? And I told them, I said it's raining, the wind's blowing, you're gonna hear some noise. But I, and they go, well the tornado sirens. I go, okay, listen. There's not the tornado. This is what it did. And I explained it to him. It was because the winds were so high. Yeah, and so we, you know, it's a it's a smaller community and all that. So we have a lot of like old farmers, you know, and and you know, women that grew up on or lived on a farm for years. And yeah. All that. So I could talk to them and tell them what was going on with the weather, and they understood. And so I told them, and once I told them that, they're like, "Yeah, okay, well, thanks for watching the weather for us," you know, because I was I was paying attention on the TV screen, then I'd come tell, give them a little update, and I'd. You know, because I wasn't going to do anything else. Yeah. And the staff was going fucking ape shit. They're just like, oh, my God, we're going to die at work. And I'm like, would you guys shut the fuck oh up? Oh, my God. Um. So, yeah, I, I had to calm people down. I, mean, I was watching the clouds and seeing if there was any hooks in them. Or... Yeah, there were. I mean, there was, but not here. No. But. Uh, I mean, I seen one probably way out in the distance. And my one kid, he tried to tell me, he was like, oh, there was tornadoes. I was like, there was no tornadoes here. Not here. And he's like, yes, there were. And we, they had, we had to close the office because we had to close the, the shop because the sirens are going off for the tornadoes. I said, that's because of the winds. I had nothing to do with tornadoes. The, what they said on the news was that the sirens went off because there might be people outside that aren't listening to the news and they need to know that there's going to be... Something fucking coming. Something coming and, and like a 75-mile-an-hour wind. You know, they need to know that. So, But it was quick because the storm was moving at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So it, it blew through quick. But yeah... Um, we, we survived with very little, I mean, we didn't have any real damage. We had some uh, corn stalks blow from a, a cornfield across the street. So there's corn stalks, you know, like the the leaves all over our fucking yard, but that's no big deal. I lost my flag pole. Yeah, your, your pole got bent. My pole got bent. My, it was tiny, a tiny pole. Yeah, little pole. You got to have a little pole get bent. My, my flag blew away. Oh, you, we will rebuild. We will. <laughs> I, I think our trash can got knocked over. My, my trash cans were full because 
my trash day was supposed to be the next day. I was like, what? garbage day, garbage day. <laughs> we just got done watching uh, Silent Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Night Two. two. That's um, the only reason I watch that movie is because <laughs> garbage day. So I fuck. I figured you know, I was like, you know what? We got the storm coming. Trash. They. I bet you they didn't pick up anything today. Right. No, sure shit, dude. I got to walk out yesterday or the next day. Back the trash guys were driving down the street. I was like, fuck. Right on. So I didn't put any trash out because I didn't want my cans to fucking knock over right. the trash blow over here. So now I got three fucking full trash cans. Then you got to wait a week. And I got to wait a week. Damn it. And I'm on vacation, so I can't take them to work. <laughs> we don't do that. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk some Jim Henson. All right, since you know now your National Weather Service is done. Yeah. Well, we well, we like to tell people. We, there, there are people. I, I actually was looking at the numbers the other day. Um, we have like, uh, I think 12 or 15 countries aside from the United States that listen to this show. Oh, nice. So, you know, um, for those people, thank you for listening. Um, if you don't know, I mean, if you're familiar with where the United States is, but you don't know where Nebraska is, we're right in the middle. Oh yeah. We're right in the middle. You take Texas and you go like three States up there. I think we are one of very few States that is like triple landlocked. Oh dude. There's like. No, we got South Dakota, Iowa, Kansas, yeah, Missouri, yeah. Colorado, and Wyoming. That are they're like triple landlocked. Yeah, and it sucks. But anyways, um, but you know what? When the world comes to an end, and the and the oceans rise, we're being, we're fine. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be an island, the island of Nebraska. I'm not worried about being flooded here. Well, I'm, I'm flooding, yes, but not by the ocean. No. It's not going to be salt water. It's going to be that nasty-ass river, river water. water. And that's gross. I've been flooded by that once. It sucks. I've been in that stuff. It does suck. Yeah, it's horrible. It stinks. So like like, so like an old catfish. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, that's why I don't eat... I don't like fish anyways, yeah. but I don't like catfish because they taste like mud. Yeah, they're just... Yeah, they suck. They're gross. Okay, so... I don't like people who are noodling. Noodling? That's what that's called. <laughs> Yes, it is. That's what it's called. No, okay, what noodling is, folks, if you're not a complete fucking redneck, um, and you wouldn't know this, noodling is where they, catfish lay on the bottom, they like make a little hole in the mud, and they lay down there and wait for food just to flow into their mouths. They're just lazy. They just lay around, and that's why they smell like mud and taste like mud. Well, noodling is where they go down, like the person gets in the water, and they feel around until they find a catfish that's just laying there. They don't run away from you. And then they stick their arm up these gigantic catfish's mouths and pull them out. Um, well, they wait for the catfish to bite down. They have to bite down because catfish don't have teeth. So they, they stick their, their arm up this catfish's mouth, and then the catfish finally bites them. And they grab it by the rib. And they grab it by the gill, inside the gill, and pick it up, and that's how they fish. So, yeah, I, I don't want to go get bit by a fucking fish. Oh, our luck, we'd find like one of them saltwater or freshwater sharks or some shit or a oh. fucking gator. Yeah, there'd be a, it'd be the fucking first alligator. I mean, they found fucking piranha in Nebraska. Yeah. That were freshwater piranha. Yeah, I'm not interested in that shit. I don't want to find a big-ass turtle. Well, no, dude, we used to fucking, we used to get snapping turtles, these great big snapping turtles. Like, you'd find them on the road, and we'd go out and we'd, we'd get like a broom or something, and you can get it to bite a broom, and once it bites, it won't let go. So you get to bite a broom, then you can pick it up by the tail. It won't let go, and you put it in the back of your truck. And we would—it would be like a big family thing. We take them, we get two or three of them. We take them out to uh, my my great grandparents, and all of my dad's brothers 
and his sister would get together with like all these fucking kids. We had, I mean, there's there's a lot of kids involved. And you guys make turtle soup. We'd make turtle soup. It would be a big ordeal though, where we would, you know, butcher these turtles and all that. And they call it cooter stew down south. Well, that makes sense. Cooter stew. Um, but uh, yeah, we butcher turtle soup is not bad. Would you wear the Would you wear the shells on their on your head? No, I don't know what happened to the shells. I wish I had like some. a World War One army helmet. <laughs> you look like some kind of fucking Dungeons and Dragons character. With you look a, like General Trag from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, with a shell on your head. But yeah, we do that with these big ass. Were you wearing an armadillo hat helmet? I'd love to get an armadillo helmet. Like a Dukes of Hazard movie. Yeah, that'd be cool. Anyways, speaking of movies, see it all comes full circle. It does. Um, these are some movies that that Jim Henson Productions were involved in. You know, there's a there was a Muppet in Dukes of Hazard. What Muppet was it? Johnny Knoxville. Oh Jesus Christ! He was a Muppet. He looks like a Muppet. Yeah, he kind of is a Muppet. <laughs> Um, but I like Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, me too. So the first one we're going to talk about is a 1990 dark fantasy comedy horror film called The Witches. And The Witches was actually produced by Jim Henson. Um, notable folks that uh, starred in it. Uh, Angelica Houston. She played the head witch. She did. She was... Uh, wasn't she uh, Morticia Adams? Yeah. Yeah. I think this was Adams. after. Or no, this might have been before Adams yeah, this Family. Is, this was before. This was 1990. Um, uh, Rowan Atkinson. You know him. Mr. Bean. That's Mr. Bean. Yeah, he was in this. Was he? Who the yeah. hell was he in this? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't remember him being in Witches. He, no, I, I think he was the lobbyist or the, the hotel manager or something oh, like yeah, that. I can tell you here. He was the hotel owner slash manager. Yeah. Mr. Stringer. That was his name. I, also, I watched Scooby-Doo this morning. He was in that, too. Mr. Bean was? Yeah, oh. Scooby was in the second one. I'll be damned. But, you know, there there wasn't a ton of huge stars. Um, but still, you know, I guess, uh, yeah, that's enough there. I like the new one. I haven't seen it. With Anne Hathaway, because I think Anne Hathaway's hot. Well, yeah, that's a good reason to like a movie. Even when she was a witch. Okay. She'd still get it. Sure. <laughs> she'd still get it. <laughs> Um, so, the basic idea of this movie, um, <laughs> a, a young boy is, um, a young American boy is on vacation in Norway with his grandmother, and they warn him about witches, and th- the witches in this particular film are female demons, and they hate children. Yes, they hate the way they smell everything. Yeah, and they use various methods to destroy them or transform them into something different. So... Uh, the grandmother, whose name is Helga, she, that's a good witch name, Helga. But she was a badass, though. She wasn't, really, she, right. she wasn't a witch. She told him that witches have claws instead of fingernails, and they hide them by wearing gloves. They have bald heads that they cover by wearing wigs, they, and the wigs give them rashes. So they're always itching their heads. Yep. They have square feet with no toes. And they hide those by wearing sensible shoes. They wear they, they wear them shoes that nurses wear. The old school nurses, yep. the old nursing yep. shoes. And they have a purple tinge to their pupils. They also have a powerful sense of smell that they use to sniff out children. Um, you know why? Because children smell like chocolate and dirt. Well, they say that uh, clean children stink of dog droppings. And the dirtier the child, the less likely a witch is to smell them. Pigpen would never been found. No, hell no. Or Kurt Cobain. They would never find him. No, he was dirty too. Yeah, he was greasy. 
Or his wife. Yeah, <laughs> they'd never find her. <laughs> so, Helga says that she had I'm a childhood friend. I'm not going to say her name because she sucks so bad. <laughs> well, she killed Kurt Cobain. She did. Um, Helga says that uh, her childhood friend Erica was fell victim to a witch, and she was cursed to spend the rest of her life trapped inside of a painting, aging gradually until she finally disappeared a few years. Oh earlier. yeah, yeah. So then, this young boy named Luke. His parents were killed in a car accident. And Helga became his legal guardian, and they moved to England. So, Which is like witch headquarters. Right? He was playing in his treehouse outside, and a witch approached him, trying to uh, lure him in with a snake and a chocolate bar. I didn't know that that would lure... I mean, you'd have me at the chocolate bar, but... I mean, I... I'm like, you take that snake and shove up your fucking butt. Well, I... I, I kind of, I like snakes, but... I do not like snakes. Um, he, you know what sucks is my daughter knows I don't like snakes, so she's always trying to... That's funny. She's always trying to show me pictures and like, Daddy, I want to get a snake. I'm like, no, you don't. Hello. <laughs> Tell her that the snake will eat her hamster. <laughs> <laughs> so he, you know, he hit out in his treehouse, and the witch finally went away. And then um, on his ninth birthday, his grandmother fell ill with diabetes, and they said they had to spend the summer by the sea, according to the doctor. Yeah, because that makes sense. I mean, salt water would be good for diabetes, I guess. It's not sweet. It's salty. Um, so they're at this hotel, and... You can have high cholesterol, but no no sugar. Right? <laughs> um, this boy finds... An, uh, he befriends a gluttonous but friendly boy named Bruno. Bruno Jenkins. Bruno, he was a fat little kid. <laughs> He wasn't. He was fat. We're not even. We're not even. The dude ate a whole box of chocolate. Did he? Yes. And he wanted more. And then he, you know, we're getting to this, but. Oh, well. He the, was always eating, kind of like me. Wow, <laughs> oh, damn. Well, Luke oh. pisses off the hotel manager, which is Mr. Bean, because um, he had some pet mice, and they got and loose. They frightened the Mr. Bean's girlfriend, who is a maid at the hotel. Oh yeah, she was like super hot. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah Mr. Bean had a hot girlfriend he did well also at the hotel is a convention of witches masquerading as the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children and so he, this boy Luke starts spying on the witches meetings and they unveil their latest creation which is a magic potion that turns all the world's children into mice and it's going to be put into candy. Chocolate bars. Candy bars. Well, Bruno ate a chocolate bar. <laughs> he ate several chocolate bars. Well, he, they bring him in, and he turned into a mouse. So Luke is discovered. He runs to his, girl, uh, his grandma, and she has been, she's like in a diabetic coma. I thought she caught him. They caught him first. Well, they, yeah, they caught him. And they he, turned turned him into a mouse. No, they turned his buddy into a mouse first. And then, oh, well, here, here they, they, yeah, they caught him. And they took him back to the ballroom, and he's forced to drink the potion, and he turned into a mouse himself. So then he finds his mouse friend, Bruno, goes and finds his grandmother again. And these are all Muppets. Yeah. Yeah, these are the Muppets. Yeah. He finds his grandma. She's recovered. And so they're going to defeat the witches by stealing the potion and then put it into the soup that the witches are going to be eating. And Little did the witches know that these mice 
were very intelligent still. Well, yeah, they, they kept their intelligence. And they could still talk. Yeah. So, you know, just, this is a fucking weird show for... It's a it's a departure from what Jim Henson was involved in before. Yeah. Um, but It's the complete opposite of, like, Sesame Street. Yeah. Um, Bruno's dad orders some soup, but they stop him from eating it. Then they realize that the mouse is actually their son. And, uh... uh they put Bruno into the purse. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just get in there and shut up. And then he finds chocolate. He finds candy in his mom's purse. Oh, Jesus Christ. Kids is always eating, man. Well, they uh, turn all the witches into mice, and the staff and hotel guests um, kill them. Well, then the Angelica Houston's witch, she she was wearing a mask. Okay. she was, like, super, super ugly. Yeah. So her her mask falls off, and, like, her nose becomes real long. And she, oh, God. She looks, like a, she looks like a hairless rat that's been, like, sick dying looking yeah kind of like the things on dark or dark crystal here oh yeah but in rat form okay and they end up stepping on her or squishing her with a fucking sledgehammer or something well they end up ridding england of all of the witches except for one one gets away because she was not she decided she didn't want to be bad Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she makes she fixes all the kids who became mice. Yes, and they find um, Eva, who was the the friend that was put in the painting. I guess no, that was Erica. Oh, that was Erica. They find Eva. Oh, Eva is the uh, uh, the head witch. Okay. So they they find Eva. They trapped her under a water jug, and then um, Mr. Bean chops her in half with a meat cleaver. That's right. I was close. Sledgehammer, meat cleaver. Yeah. They return home where and they find Eva's trunk full of money and an address book of all the witches in the United States, and they set out to wipe them all out of America. And uh, Miss Irvine, who that's the one that turned into the Good Witch, yeah, she uh, returns everybody to human form, and uh, that's it. That's how it goes. Yeah, I mean it was a good movie. Yeah, it, it just sounds so weird that Jim Henson was involved in something so violent. Yeah. But if you think about it, like, um, in watching some of the Muppet shows, they were violent. The, oh, yeah. The actual Muppet show, there was there was one skit that I saw, Look, I was looking for audio, and it was this fucking alligator cruising through the swamp eating frogs. Oh, shit. And singing a song about eating frogs. And that's kind of traumatizing. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So the witches, I mean, yeah, that was, I remember watching it. I just don't remember that much detail. Um, this one, neither one of us really have ever heard of this, but um, it's called Buddy. It came out in 19, 1997. Hey, I've never heard of this. Um, Jim Henson Productions or Jim Henson Pictures helped produce this. Uh, this film is about the uh, life of a gorilla called Massa. And um, it was based on it was based on the life of this gorilla called Massa. And is that with an M or an N? That's with an M. M A S S A. Massa was the oldest gorilla on record until two thousand eight. And uh, there was another gorilla called Gargant Gargantua. And 
he was a, uh, a circus attraction, and his remains are on display in a museum now. Oh. So the gorilla suit that they used was created by Jim Henson's Muppet Shop. You know, Jim Henson's Creature Shop, they will call that. That's what it is. Yeah, it's a yeah, creature shop. A creature shop. So I guess the basic idea of this movie, um, millionaire animal lover and overall spoiled rich girl Trudy, played by Renee Russo. Really? Yeah. Wow. She adds Buddy, a gorilla, to her family. Buddy finds life in the city very difficult to deal with. Trudy raises her as his own son in her mansion, which also houses a few comical chimpanzees, a kitten, a horse, and a cheeky talking green parrot. <laughs> and her prize-winning champion pack of... What the hell is that? Biards? Oh, it's this big-ass shepherd dog. We'll just call it that. Yeah, it's a big-ass shepherd dog. Bernard. Burger de Brie is, the, is the also the name of the breed. It's a, it's a huge fucking French shepherd dog, apparently. It's like a small horse. Yeah, that's what it looks like. A small horse with long hair. Uh, they, she also has a raccoon and a flock of geese. Uh, God damn, it's like a fucking private zoo. It's like a whole menagerie. Uh, the gorilla becomes hard to control due to his strength. So, they had a bad experience at the Chicago World Fair, and the gorilla goes on an aggressive rampage, nearly destroys Trudy's home, but he's finally taken to an ape sanctuary to live among his own kind in peace. So, yeah, Renee Roos is in this. Robbie Coltrane. Coltrane! <laughs> Robbie Coltrane was, uh, was Rubus Haggard in Harry Potter. Oh, he was Haggard. Okay. Um, Paul Rubens is in this. Hamburgers. Mm. Dane Cook is in this. That so, was 97. It was probably when he was getting started, and then it didn't last very long. But the, uh, where, um, the Jim Henson comes in, like I said, he made, they created the ape costume. Um, his, a lot of his puppeteers were in this as well. Uh, Jerry Nelson, he was, uh, on Sesame Street, Muppet Show, Fraggle Rock. Uh, Steve Whitmire, who is the one that took over for Jim Henson mm -hmm. as Kermit, also played Ernie. Some of the Fraggles. I mean, he, he, he did a lot of, of characters. Um, Frank Oz was a horse and an ape and a goose. Frank Oz has been a fucking everything. Yeah. Frank Oz was, as far as Muppets, he played Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Animal, and Sam Eagle. He was Cookie Monster, Bert, and Grover on Sesame Street, and some other stuff that we're going to talk about here in a moment. And then uh, uh, Dave uh, Goltz, he uh, was Gonzo, Bunsen Honeydew, Waldorf, Zoot, and Beauregard, the janitor guy that we talked about oh, yeah. last week. Um, but yeah, Dane Cook had just a, a cameo as a cop. Um and there are a few other people that, you know, not really as well-known, but uh, Buddy's vocal effects were provided by a couple of guys, a couple of young, a couple of the guys, and uh, Frank Walker. Oh, no shit. Yeah, Frank Walker played a, uh, the, the voice of Buddy. Megatron. And apparently Buddy was like an animatronic. But this was loosely based on a real-life story from a, uh, a wealthy woman in the 20s who raised animals in her mansion to protest inhumane zoo conditions. King Kong, huh? Kind of. Buddy, it's called. Oh, Buddy. Buddy, Buddy. Yeah. Sorry. Rotten Tomatoes, 
Also, it was good. Apparently. Um, well, let's see what Roger Ebert had to say about this. He hates everything, but we'll see. Well, Roger Ebert gave it a two out of four and said the peculiarities of this film is a vast difference between the movie they've made and the movie that they think that they've made. Oh. He gave it, uh, Entertainment Weekly gave it a C+. It's criticized due to its unrealistic animatronics, especially when they compare it to real the real ape performers. Apparently there are real apes in it as well. And animal rights, you know, in spite of what they set out to make a statement on, animal rights activists objected to the depiction of chimpanzees as docile pets, happily carrying on wearing human clothes. Oh. Among their concerns were the perpetuation of the idea that chimps are acceptable pets. They are not. Well, no, that one tore that lady's face off. Yeah. Yeah, so you probably shouldn't keep chimpanzees as pets. Even though any cute. primates, any... Should yeah. not be pets. I mean, my wife's a big advocate about that, and she is very against animals or any kind of primate, ant, monkeys, chimps, you know, that, that people use as pets or, um, what do you call them, the security, like security pets or whatever. Oh, yeah, com- uh, like comfort. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, service animals. Service animals. Yeah. People use monkeys as service animals. Huh. Well... So, Buddy, we, I mean, we've never heard of it, but it's out there. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, you guys, you guys, watch it and tell us what you think, I guess. Yeah. So, there also is a connection between Jim Henson and one of the greatest um, science fiction franchises ever. Space opera. What? It's a space opera. Star Trek? Star Wars. Oh, um, there ain't no Muppets in Star Trek. <laughs> Tribbles. Tribble. Tribble was like, I don't even know what you'd call a Tribble. Well, they call it a Tribble. You know what You know what Tribbles were? Space Herpy. That yeah, was Ice Pirates. Yeah, but what do they look like? You take a Tribble and you shave all the hair off, Space Herpy. I've never seen a shaved Tribble. Because it looks like a Space Herpy. Have you seen a, a shaved Tribble? Probably. You shaved your triple. My, my triple's nice and shaved. <laughs> Dolphin smooth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dolphin smooth triple. So yes, uh, Jim Henson, the, the the creature factory or whatever the hell it's called, um, they created not for necessarily the original Star Wars, but. Empire Strikes Back. They started when they introduced Yoda. When they introduced Yoda, and Frank Oz was was Yoda. Yoda. Um, he was the voice and the puppeteer. Yes, he was, and he continued on. He uh, still does it today. Yeah, if they had Yoda in the new ones, right? Well, I think he's even Yoda, like in the cartoons. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he did the, the the animated voice of Yoda in the Clone Wars cartoons. I'll be damned. Well, it was because of that. Um, Tribble. <laughs> that's not a triple um, we're going to talk about that in a minute uh, b- but because of this connection uh, George Lucas and uh, Jim Henson had a long standing um, re- kind of relationship where they worked back and forth together so that's why Muppet Babies always had Star, uh, Star Wars and they always had yep. Indiana Jones and all these movie clips that would probably be impossible, for, <coughs> you know, absolutely impossible for anybody else to get back then. Back then, so uh, also they did 
work on Return of the Jedi. Yep. Job of the Hut was a big Muppet. Yep. He was a Jim Henson thing. I wouldn't necessarily call him a Muppet. Well, he took like four people to control him. Yeah. Because there was one person controlling his, his facial movements. His eyes, his mouth. And then there was the, the arms. And then one guy to move his tail. One guy moved his tail. And then there was some, I think somebody else moved his head or like moved his body. Yeah. So yeah, it was like four puppeteers or, or, or more probably. Um, the, the Rancor was a Muppet. Oh, really? Yep. That was badass. The Rancor was cool. See, I love Return of the Jedi. I I, I grew I grew up on on Star Wars. So did you. Yeah. I mean, but anybody our age grew up on Star Wars. Right. Um, Return of the Jedi is probably the one that I've rewatched the most. It's got the most action. Well, it doesn't have the most action, but it's probably the most. It, I don't know. It's say visually effect. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. When you look at the original three, it was the most advanced visually. Yeah. Um, and, but the addition to the puppets in there is great. And all those creatures in Jabba's palace and all that. It's just, I mean, that that kind of captured me. I mean, with, without, without Jim Henson's knowledge or his company's knowledge of how to make these things, you, know, they, you couldn't have a lot of these aliens doing the facial expressions or anything like that. Because, like, if you look at the first one, you had the aliens, they just they, they just had their faces, but they didn't really move. Okay. Yeah. So, once you hit Return of the Jedi, they were more animatronics and more puppeteering than they did in the first one. Right. Yeah. And, but, you know, you, you know, you got, you have to say that Jim Henson was involved in, in this, uh, even if it was... Even if it was by inspiring someone to create these things, you know, because he created some of them. Some of them he did not. There were other people that created puppets for this yeah. the, the series as well. But he, one of his head puppeteers was Yoda. So you got to say, yeah, you know, he at least there was an in, there's an influence and an association with Jim Henson Productions, even if the the they they're not officially connected to it because they they, they never say. This is a Jim Henson Productions no. thing, but they say special effects or whatever. Yeah, but you know they they are there is a connection there, which is kind of cool. And then um, this last one is, is interesting because it took it happened in two thousand eighteen, long after Jim Henson had passed, I believe, because he he passed away. Um, well, let me see when he died. He uh, died like in 90, 91. 90, yeah, he died in 90. So, uh, this last one, his son actually is the director, and the uh, all the, the puppets, it, you know, it's produced by the Jim Henson Company, and the, the, the puppets that are in it are Jim Henson puppets, but it's called The Happy Time Murders. And it takes place in a world where puppets and humans coexist, but the puppets are treated as second second class citizens. And I've never seen this, but it looks hilarious. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. I, you know, I've seen parts of it, and it is funny. Um, it's got a, you know Melissa McCarthy's in this, Maya Rudolph, um, Elizabeth Banks, uh, Joel McHale, which uh, he hosted the Soup for yeah, quite he was some time. Funny. 
Um, Leslie David Baker. I don't know who that is. He's uh, Stanley on The Office. Oh, he's fucking funny as shit. Yeah. Um, he's got that dry... Yes, and he's just like... <sighs> but, you know, there it had a, a decent... Um, a decent cast, and a lot of, like, the Sesame Street puppets, uh, Kevin Clash, who was Elmo, uh, William, Bill, Bill Beretta, he was uh, Pepe the Prawn. Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he did a lot of stuff on... Uh, you know, he's not on cartoons anymore? No, he's not. No, he got kicked off. Yeah. Him and Yosemite Sam. Oh, that sucks. There's just there's a ton of them. Drew Massey. I mean, there's there's just a ton of Jim Henson's people. Crew, his crew. His crew. We'll call this. Yeah, it's it's his, the Henson gang. Um, Alan Trotman. He he was a he's a, this is kind of a funny. He he's a, a puppeteer for the Jim Henson Company. He played an octopus at Vinny's Porn Shop in this movie. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, he's an octopus in a porn shop. Yeah. That's all sorts of different. You can put that any way you want. So. Got them tentacles for hentai. <laughs> they, basically, um, these puppets and humans are, are coexisting. And there's a puppet television sitcom called The Happy Time Gang on this movie. And there is a murder. There's a, a drive-by shooting. Oh, fuck. And there's puppet sex in this. There's puppets killing each other. Um, there's just all kinds of, uh, you know, drug overdoses, <laughs> drownings. The only thing I could say that's probably more hardcore with puppets than this movie was Team America World Police. Oh, that one was, yeah, that was pretty hardcore. Uh, if you've never seen that movie... It, 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 yeah, watch it. Watch it. It's the South Park guys, and they did everything to their limit that they could do with puppets. Yes, they did. They that was They um, said what can't we do? We're going to do it. Yeah. And that's the South Park guys though. They they yeah, they push everything. But yeah, I mean this movie's fairly new, you know, within the last 5 years. So it, it's out there, it's streaming. I I've, I've seen it. Um I think it's on HBO or some shit. Yeah, it just looks pretty insane. But it's the first film from the Jim Henson Company that got an R rating. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And it and it got picked up by Lionsgate. Lionsgate picks up a lot of obscure stuff. They do. Which is fine with me because we like obscure. Yes. So, it was, you know, it was released in, like I said, in, in, uh, in 2018. Um... They actually put the trailers out with Deadpool 2. That's right. That's when the, that's where the trailers were. Uh, it has been released on uh, digital HD. It's been released on DVD and Blu-ray. Now, this thing grossed $20.7 million in the U.S. and Canada and $6.8 million in other territories. Worldwide gross of $27.5 million. And the um, budget was forty million. So it made it didn't make shit. No. Uh, yeah, it just really didn't uh, didn't do a lot. Twenty three percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the website says that the Happy Time Murders wastes its uh, 
transgressive premise on witless comedy that blindly pushes buttons instead of attempting to tell an entertaining story. They were puppets and humans interacting and probably having sex. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's this is going to be one of those movies where it becomes a cult classic. I could see. It, yeah, given time, I think it would. Uh, Jesus Christ. They, they said that it, it you know tries to deliver certain messages. Um, the, the most prevalent being... Uh, Racism, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's against racism, but it just doesn't quite hit the, hit the mark yeah. because it's super crass, especially the first 20 minutes of the movie, they say is is just shock value, and it really takes away from the rest of the movie. Oh, fuck. They, uh, another reviewer, this is a positive review, I guess, um... They, uh, William Babini from IGN, whatever the hell that is. Uh, oh, American Video Game and Entertainment oh, Media yeah, website. Oh, video game company. Yeah. They said the, uh, the Happy Time Murders may not be a timeless classic on par with Roger Rabbit, but it is more interesting and nauseate, uh, nuanced with its raunchy, violent humor. The puppeteering is fantastic. The characters are interesting. And although the story isn't ingenious, the jokes are usually funny. Entertainment Weekly gave it a C plus. That's not bad. Now it actually won a couple of awards. Uh, the Houston Film Critics Society gave it the best worst film, and uh, it was nominated for a bunch. But the Golden Raspberries, uh, Melissa McCarthy actually won worst actress. Really? Yeah. She got a Golden Raspberry. Yeah, she got a Golden Raspberry. Oh fuck, that's funny. And it was nominated for a bunch of Golden Raspberries this year. It was Worst Picture, Worst Director, uh, Worst Actress, which Melissa McCarthy won, Worst Supporting Actor, which was Joel McHale, Worst Screenplay, and um, Worst On-Screen Combo, which the nomination was Worst On-Screen Combo, <laughs> Happy Time Murders, Any Two Actors or Puppets. Oh, fuck. So they said everybody sucked. Uh, now... There was a lawsuit involved in this one. Of course there was. because And it's from Sesame Workshop. They filed a lawsuit for using their trademark in a film that they had no involvement with because the tagline was, No Sesame, All Street. They felt that uh, the association with the children's program would smear Sesame Workshop's reputation and it would confuse people. No. That's what they said. The movie's called Happy Time Murders. Right? Yeah. So they changed they changed their tagline. And the ad would start with from the studio that was sued by Sesame Street. <laughs> oh I fuck I remember hearing about this. <laughs> so yeah. Um so that's Happy Time Murders. Like I said, we haven't really watched the whole thing, so uh you know, we can't really speak to how it is or what, but I'm sure we're going to watch it after this. I'm sure some of you are going to watch it after this, but anything that you, you want to wrap up this first half with, we talked about the witches, buddy return of the Jedi, star Wars, and, uh, the happy time murders. No, I think that's what we covered a lot. I mean, we talked about two movies we've never seen. Yeah. And one that we very vaguely remember and one that we love, but don't know much about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're going to, Take a little break here, 
And then we're going to transition to two movies that we have watched a shitload of times um, that Jim Henson was heavily involved in. So, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and take a break now. Okay. Okay. We'll be back. Bye. And now, these messages. Gertrude Lintz. She lived her life by her own rules. Uh, miss, what are these little... Apes, just over from Africa. She raised her family. In her own way. It's enough to drive a person to the nut house. But when she opened her home to an orphan in need... Where is his mother? No gorilla has ever survived captivity without its mother. What are you doing? Taking him home. Her world would never be the same. Well, if you don't eat, how will I ever see your bright eyes? Beautiful little buddy. Sick baby in there. From Jim Henson Pictures comes the incredible true story. My dear woman, the gorilla is an unfathomable mystery. Revolutionary as it might seem to you, I have encountered no limits or even real difficulties. That's preposterous. Of a woman who wouldn't give in. I got to chew it on. Well, it's the only way he eats, you know that. You realize what you have accomplished? You are the missing link. And an extraordinary creature. But he's a perfect gentleman. Yes, with perfect table manners. Your foot goes on the floor. Who just had to grow up. Whoa, buddy. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Her heart was big enough for him. <laughs> Even when he became too big for her world. Have you decided what to do about Buddy? This is the only world he's ever known. Rene Russo. Don't just belong to you, you know. Now maybe I do. Buddy. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, I'm Mike Fantastic. I am Audacity Jones. We're the Russian Leg Sweep. Do you love pro wrestling? Do you? And you should listen to our podcast, The Russian Leg Sweep, on the Cloud Chowders Podcast Network. It's available wherever you find podcasts. I love singing and dancing. Hiya, folks! Fifty cents, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> well, it's a great price. It almost makes me wish I had a dick for you to suck. Or take that as a yes. <laughs> you two are the most decorated offices in this department. What do you see? Looks like a robbery gone wrong to me. This wasn't a robbery, this was a hit. What the? Someone out there <gasps> is killing puppets. Hey, handsome. You looking for some rotten cotton? I'm a woman. That's okay. Yeah, that's even better. Got a good time for you. <laughs> We're gonna catch the bastards who did these murders. Because bodies are gonna start piling up. You're one of the best damn cops I've ever seen. I'll have your badge for this. I'm in the fucking FBI. Oh yeah, what's that stand for? Fucking big idiot? <laughs> 
music gets crazy, I'm gonna go crazy as shit. Is that just a fantasy? God, are you all right? I ruptured my hymen. This pure ecstasy. I'm not doing this. Do it. Oh, sorry about your dead human friend, Phillips. <laughs> That is good shit. Well, fuck me. Maybe. <laughs> is Phil in? He's servicing a client. Is that what I think it is? Here I go. 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 From the incredible imagination of Jim Henson and director Nicholas Rogue comes a fascinating new fantasy adventure. The Witches. For when a little boy accidentally stumbles into their secret world, he finds they've got a lot more power to me. than he ever imagined. <laughs> Grandma! It's me, Luke! Luke! They turned me into a mouse. Oh, my. Who's the Grand High Witch? Join Luke on his remarkable journey. Ah! Now, the witches are on his tail, and he must scurry around their evil plots, squeak past every danger. Finally setting the trap that will save the world from the witches. You are in for a treat. We must stop them. Crystal. It begins as a quest. You must find the shawl. The crystal shard. The crystal shard? To save our world, you A wonder-filled fantasy adventure. Journey into a mystical realm of sights and sounds. Enter the world of the Dark Crystal. What do you want to know? You want to know what this is all about? Is that a gentleman? Now 
from directors Jim Henson and Frank Oz and Gary Kurtz, the producer of Star Wars, comes a new dimension of fantasy and adventure. to another world, another time, in the age of wonder, the Dark Crystal. The Imagination of Jim Henson. It's a crystal. It'll show your dreams. That is further than you think. The wizardry of George Lucas. See? There's nothing to be afraid of. She should have given up by now. Excitement of David Bowie. Everything I've done, I've done for you. I move the stars for no one. You've run so long, you've run so far. Three extraordinary talents take you to a world of fantasy and adventure. The world of labyrinth and we are back so what do you think of those commercials i love the commercials me too i always love the commercials it's probably my favorite part of the show i wonder what they're gonna be yeah me too (laughs) (laughs) i never know until i like edit this together what the hell we're even gonna play but so these are probably the two aside from the actual Muppet movies from the Muppet universe, uh, which we talked about three of them last episode in depth. Um, we talked about the Muppet movie, the great Muppet caper and, uh, Muppet take Manhattan. There's also the Muppet Christmas Carol, which is one of my favorite movies that and the Mickey mouse Christmas Carol, dude, really for the holidays. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a bunch. We, we talked about like the Muppets most wanted the, the Muppets, um, Treasure Island. You know, there's just a ton of them. Plus, there's a bunch of them that went straight to DVD or, or to home video. But these two, I would say, are probably among the most well-known Jim Henson movies outside the Muppet universe. And we'll start with the one that we actually just got done watching here. The Dark Crystal. Came out in 82. That's a good movie. Dude, it was ahead of its time. It's still it's a classic. Oh, yeah. It's creepy as fuck. It's called A Dark Fantasy. It was directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz. I have a couple dark fantasies myself. I'm sure you do. You want me to list them for you? Uh, do they involve gelflings? Uh, you know what? I don't even know what the fuck that is. A gelfling? Oh, and that's the things in the dark That's crystal? the thing in the dark crystal, yeah. yeah it could be. Um, or at least dressed up as one. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, the plot revolves around Jen, a gelfling on a quest to restore balance in the world of Thura. That it, it, he wants to uh, overthrow the ruling Skeksis by restoring 
A powerful broken crystal. It was dark. Well, it was marketed as a family film. But this was one of the first dark movies that Jim Henson actually did. It's technically a family film. Technically, but it can be scary. It's got death in it and other things, but... And monsters. Monsters. Um, so, the animatronics were very groundbreaking for its time. Oh, fuck, dude. These things were awesome. I, I My favorite things in this whole movie, dude, were the giant crab fucking guard things. Yeah, those things scared the shit out of me, too. This movie kind of scared me, but when I was a kid. Uh, the Gelflings, the two Gelflings, required four puppeteers each to, when they were, like... Doing their full body. Yeah, when they're moving and walking and shit. Yes, four puppeteers to get that manipulation. Uh, They, uh, uh, the writers were staff writers from The Muppet Show. Uh, It just was, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, The the basic plot, which we kind of went over, there were two, basically two races that, were in this in this uh, world. Classic story of good and evil. Yeah. And they appeared when a shard was shattered off the crystal of truth. So the, the uh, Skeksis, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, they were like the, the evil. They were cruel. And Sounds what, like an STD. It does. I got Skeksis, man. They kind of look like an STD. They look like a fucking buzzard. They do. Um, they look like these big birds. Last time I had Skeksis, I had to get that shit taken care of. You get special soap. Wash your Skeksis Skeksis off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they they want to use the crystal to extend their lives. And then there's the uh, Uru that are more commonly known as the Mystics. They live in the Valley of Stones just awaiting their destiny. They don't really do shit. No, they're they're like hippies. They just hang out, yeah. And so the, the, uh, the Master... Raises a young Gelfling named Jen. He, the, 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 the Gelfling clan was slaughtered by the Skeksis. And so the, the, uh, the three sons are coming together. And so the, the master... in not Donna Reed in it? The three sons? My three sons? Yes, that did. I think that was Donna Reed. Yeah. That was a good show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But the, so the master, the master instructs Jen to fill the prophecy to heal the crystal by retrieving the shard from the witch. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the name here. Og, Ogra, Ogla, Ogla, maybe. Ogla. If we would have had a TV Ogla? on YouTube, we would have known. We would have known. But so, so yeah, this uh, Galfling's supposed to go get this shard from this witch, and then the master dies and disappears. Now, you mentioned this when we were watching the movie. The cool thing about it. There's always balance. Yeah. So when one would die... The other one would die. Uh, one of the other race would die. They're the same... They're part of the same soul. Yes. I guess. They're, they're connected. Life force. Yes. And they, they came from the crystal. So, when the master died, the Skeksis Emperor also died. So now there's a struggle for power it's within like mine. the evil... Mine, I'm still Wow, that's kind of frightening. That's a scary fucking... Dude, he was creepy as fuck. Well, no, Leo, your your portrayal of him was, was frightening. They tried to take his fucking staff 
Yeah, and he's like, ow, no. So they learn of, uh, well, they, they, they did actually. They took his, they gave him the, the trial by stone. And then they uh, they took his robe. They took his his stick. Oh, the guy that reminded me of Starscream. Yes. He's like, come oh. And they banish him. So when they learn that there is a Gelfling still alive, they send these giant crab-like things called uh, Gartham crab. to go get him. And the, the guy that's been banished is, is, like goes with him. So while this Jen is out trying to get this shard from this witch, the eyeball came out. The witch scared the shit out of me. She had one eyeball and horns. She had goat horns. She had goat horns. And, and a massive head of hair. Yes. Um, and I, I got pictures with that thing. And that, that was frightening just seeing it in a glass case. Oh, fuck. I, I should have went to that. You should have. That thing was so fucking cool. But it was like right at the, like in the middle of COVID. It was, yeah, it was like a year ago, right around now. Yeah. Is when it was. And yeah, it was, the world was crazy. Um, So. Crazier. Crazier is still crazy. But so these, these big crabs busted. We're, we're given like the shittiest uh, oh, yeah, dude. review this week. These big crabs busted and they steal the witch. But the Gelfling runs away. And then. Because he's like, he, he reminds me of uh, what's a Turo. From Neverending Story. Yes. He looks like that, but in a Muppet form. It, yes, he does. So, um, they, like, the crystal starts making all this noise because it thinks that the uh, shard's going to be returned. So all these mystics, they start, like, trucking their way out of the valley. They're scooting their way, dude. They weren't yeah. trucking. They were, like, they were moving. moving like snails. Yeah, but they're, they're leaving. Like, one of them fucking dies catches on fire and disappears in the middle of their truck. Yep. And, and they just, just keep going. They just turn around and look and I'm like, oh, fuck, he's gone. And then they keep going. <laughs> I think this is possibly the first review of the Dark Crystal that involves the word fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Ah, oh, God damn it. Fucking Ralph just disappeared. <laughs> Ralph just burned up. Well, let's keep going. Yeah, fuck. We got we to gotta get to this thing. So, Jen is like trucking through this swamp and he meets uh, Akira, which Kira is... Another Gelfling. But she's got wings. Well, that's because the girl Gelflings have wings. Oh, she can fly. Yeah, she can fly. The Podlings raised Kira. And the Podlings all got caught. Oh, they're them little tiny they're the, slaves. The slaves, yeah. The, 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 uh, they steal Skeksis. their essence and make, them, make the Skeksis younger. Yes. But there was one, there, there was one uh, pod person, and then Kira and her pet... Fizzgig. They, 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 they took off. That was the Tribble. That was the Tribble. He was like a Tribble dog. It kind of looked like a Chihuahua with a lot of hair. Yeah. He, Pomeranian is what he rolls around. Yeah. Through. It was annoying like one too. Yeah. I think there's one in this one now too. In this movie. I think so. So, they they, they find like the, the prophecy and it's supposed to be that... Um, the, the Gelfling is supposed to restore order. So they're like, all right, let's go do it. That's why they tried to kill all the Gelflings is to, to make this stop the prophecy. Stop the prophecy. So they, they make it to the fucking thing. There's a big to do there. Um, Fizzgig bites one of the guys. And uh, so, yeah, they, they like uh, they, they kill Kira. Spoiler alert for she dead. She she dead now. She gone. Um, but they make the, uh, the, the crystal hole and she comes back to life 
And all the Skeksis die. No, they, they fused back with the... With the other ones. The other ones. And they became, instead of being these weird-looking horse vulture people... Yeah. They became these entities that floated. Like a, a, a crystal ghost-looking thing. Yeah. 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 Like, it, I mean, it almost looked like... Like, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, it looked like those guys, the, the wraiths, when you looked at them with the ring on. They called them the Yurskeks. That's you know what that's not far off. Yeah, they're they're your skicks. Um, they revive Kira in gratitude, then they ascend to the higher the higher level of existence, and um, the, the, now there's two ske- two uh, Gelflings in this land, and that's that. So they instead they they became aliens. Basically, yeah. Higher existence. Yeah. They're, so they're the Greys. This thing was directed, like I said, directed um, by Jim Henson, along with all of the uh, all of the uh, creatures were made, and these these creatures are when I saw like the the Gelflings, they're looking rough. Yeah, they didn't age well. They're just they're looking they're 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 looking rough. They've been they've Man, been they're forty years old. Yeah, but you know it just looks like they got beat up a little bit before they actually said, hey, maybe we should keep these things in good order. They probably kept them in a warehouse in a box. Oh, I'm sure. On top of other boxes and shit like that. Like in, in like in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. They had to go fucking search for them. Yeah. Where the fuck are those things? Yeah. Yeah. And people melted trying to when they opened the box. Yep. I believe that shit. That's what happened. Now, uh, this was released December 17th, 1982. So it was like Christmas. Exactly 40 years ago. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Almost exactly. Well, 39 years. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It came out when? December 17th? December 17th. So, fuck, dude, we're... I mean, today's the 18th. Yeah, we're, as we're recording this, it's the 18th. So, 39 years ago yesterday... This, this thing was released. released. And it grossed uh, $4,657,333 behind the Dustin Hoffman movie Tootsie. That's a good one. And the Richard Pryor film The Toy. Which is one of my favorite fucking movies ever. <laughs> This actually performed better than people expected it to. <laughs> Tootsie. Taxi. Taxi. <laughs> Taxi. Taxi. Thank you. Uh, it had limited appeal with some audiences that included, um, the reason for the limited appeal was parental concerns about its dark nature. and no, the parents need to chill. The, well, it was a connection with the Muppet franchise. This is the first time he made something dark. So... It moved up to second place in the in the third weekend of release, and in the third weekend of release, it grossed five million four hundred five thousand seventy one dollars on one thousand fifty two screens. Holy shit! Overall, it made forty million five hundred seventy seven and one dollar in its entire box office run, and it made a profit. It is the sixteenth highest grossing film of nineteen eighty two in North America, and. It is one of the highest grossing puppet films of all time. Nice. Had a mixed response. Um, it is a favorite of like the, the Henson fans. Yeah. And fans of fantasy movies. But they said that it it goes so fast. They said like most fantasy movies kind of drag on. Yeah, this movie is straight to the point. They said this one just it it throws out this is what this movie's about in the very beginning. 
And then it goes so quick, it's over before you realize it's over. And when it's done, they said it, uh, it's almost like you woke up from a dream. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So they said that there's no, there's very little um, indication that it is actually a Jim Henson production just because it doesn't have any humor. It doesn't have any of the trademark Muppet or Sesame Street type elements. Well, it's because he was trying to expand his horizons, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's see what Gene Siskel had to say about this. He gave it two and a half out of four stars. He said that uh, the movie really didn't have much going for it except for weird characters. And they said that they just looked like they just walked in from the bar scene of Star Wars. I can see that. They And he says that this movie looks like it was ripped off of Star Wars. Um, other reviewers said that it was a technical masterpiece, had splendid special effects, um, said that it was a, it, they did a good job keeping the story simple, but with a lavish of detail, rather than go for a complicated story. Now, Rotten Tomatoes says it has a 79%. Approval rating. That's pretty good. It got a 6.5 out of 10 from them. The uh, consensus from uh, Rotten Tomatoes says that the narrative never quite lives up to the movie's visual splendor, but it remains an admirably uh, inventive and uniquely intense entry of the Jim Henson canon. So it's... uh, in 2008, American Film Institute said that it was one of the top 10 fantasy films. Oh, nice. Uh, won a few awards. The, uh, oh, fuck. Avo Riz Fantastic Film Festival gave it the grand prize. And What is the grand prize at an Avo Riz Fantastic Film Festival? Uh, I don't know. It, well, it, that's a, a French film festival, so um, I don't know. Maybe give you some escargot or something. <laughs> the golden snail. <laughs> the golden croissant. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Saturn Awards, it won Best Fantasy Film. Oh, nice. Yeah. The Saturn Awards were pretty good back then. Yeah, this thing's been uh, released on uh, VHS Betamax. Uh, it streams. Um, it's been on Blu-ray, DVD. Um it's been, they've done like re-releases with with like for the 4K and all that yeah. shit. Now I remember, I had a comic book of the Dark Crystal way back. I mean, way back when I was a kid. And what I remember about it is the the one Skeksis. He was kind of purple in the comic book. Yeah. And right next to it, they had a, uh, a advertisement. For bubble yum, bubble gum, grape. Oh, shit. And so I made the connection that he was made out of grape bubble gum that was all chewed up. That was my connection to it. You know, that makes actually makes sense. It kind of does. They uh, they made a, a novelization of it. So basically like a, uh, a comic book type novelization. And they were going to make a sequel. Well, they tried to revamp it on Netflix... And I think it lasted maybe two seasons. Yeah, and I never watched any of those. I did. I tried watching it, and it was kind of boring. Really? Yeah. People were raving about it. Everybody was loving it. I was like, let me check this out. And the one episode I watched, I was like, dude, this is boring as shit. I don't even think I made it through the whole episode. Now, in the mid two thousands, they were trying. They were. They wanted to make a sequel, and 
they bounced around. They tried it. Oh, tried a prequel. That's which what's which is what the the series was was a prequel to the series. Okay, to the movie. They kept they, they just kept trying to. I mean, they they didn't give up on this thing for like almost ten years trying to make the sequel, but instead. They made it into a 12-issue comic book series called The Power of the Dark Crystal, released by uh, Boom Studios in 2017. Boom! They did make prequel novels in 2013, um, and there's four books. Shadows of the Dark Crystal was released in 2016, Song of the Dark Crystal in 2017, Tides of the Dark Crystal in 2018, and Flames of the Dark Crystal in 2019. So the novels were brought together, the prequel novels. Yeah. And that's what the basis of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance was. Was that the name of the series? Yeah. Okay. That's what that was. Um, and like you said, there's 10 episodes, and then it kind of went to shit. They just didn't make the funding. No. Or they just didn't get the viewers. But I, but I Netflix can, is notorious for that, though. Yeah, they, they'll do something, and they do it... Uh, <coughs> Maybe, I mean, I wouldn't say half-assed, maybe three-quarter asked. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, then they go, well, that didn't work. Well, I don't think that they really truly commit. They just, is this working? Okay, what's working the best out of all these? And then they go with that, and they scrap the rest. Yeah. So, it's kind of like throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. That's what they do, I think. So, yeah, The Dark Crystal. I, I remember, I still really enjoy this film. Yeah, um, I mean, we just got to watch this, and it's still a good movie. Yeah, it's it's a good good movie, and with everybody being a puppet, you can't look at it and go, "Oh man!" But I remember when that actor or that actress was young, and and now we know what they look like, and it kind of ruins it. Well, they're puppets; they don't age. They don't age, except for you know, they dry rot. They, yeah, they they got a little dry rot on them. But so, anything else you want to talk about the Dark Crystal? No, we could have. So we'll go on to this last one, which is the scariest one of all. And for for reasons, yes. Labyrinth. Can I say what the scariest part of this whole movie is right away? Go ahead. David Bowie's crotch. Okay, let me tell you something about that. They had the costumes at that display. Yeah. On a rotating um, (laughs) thing. And I stood there for like 20 minutes trying to get the proper angle to photograph it. And I actually got a couple good pictures. You got a good picture of David Bowie's crotch? Because that was sewn into the costume. Oh, no shit. Yes, that giant codpiece bulge that he had. That was sewn into Dude, the costume. Dude, you can see everything. Like, I thought it was his actual shit because you see the fucking, his dick and balls in that fucking mm-hmm. costume. Like he It had, was in the costume. He had moose knuckle. That it, 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 The old bear claw, yes. It was in the costume. So, uh, that this was released in 86. A musical fantasy film directed by Jim Henson. And George Lucas was the uh, executive producer on this. I'll tell you something after we take a break. Okay. Why I have not watched The Labyrinth in so long. So like our wrap-up, you're going to tell me why you haven't watched The Labyrinth? No, I'm going to tell you off the air. Oh, it's that good? Yes. Okay. Oh, I, I know why. <laughs> yeah, I know why. Um, so, the basic idea here. Oh, you know, shoot, I'll tell you. Okay, let's long, see. A long time ago, in my youth age... A long time... This was in a galaxy far, far away. Far from prosecution. Far from prosecution. I think the statute's limitations. Yeah. I took a bunch of shrooms and tried to watch Labyrinth. <laughs> I could not make it past 
the bird <laughs> at the very beginning. In the beginning, yeah. I had to hide. <laughs> and I I could I haven't watched it since. And we're watching it now. This is the first time. Since then? In probably 20 years. Holy shit. Or 20 years plus I've watched this. <laughs> because you had a bad because you had a bad mushroom trip. Oh, dude, I just I, the fucking bird freaked me out. That's funny. <laughs> dude, I watched the movie Wizards. Yeah. No problem. You know that you've seen that. It's animated. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Apocalyptic fairy style shit. Yeah. Watch that. No problem at all. Turn this on. Couldn't make it past the fucking bird. Well, that sucks. <laughs> so. The idea here is... Uh, don't watch the labyrinth. Yeah, don't, don't on, watch on the shrooms. On shrooms. Um, or probably acid. So this girl is reading from a book called Labyrinth. This is going to be another shitty, shitty synopsis. Okay, this is when Jennifer Connelly was hot. Okay. She's aged very badly. Yeah? She's not hot anymore. <laughs> well, and yeah, I guess... I take it back. She's still a very attractive woman, but she's also in her 50s. We have to put this in perspective... Because she's very young in this. When we were her this age. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, even when she was in the other movie where she was locked in the uh, the grocery, the, the Kmart, whatever the fuck it was. What? She was in that movie, too. What the fuck are you talking about? I can't remember the name of it, dude, but she, she had... She's locked in a Kmart? Yeah. Her, she got, like, she was, like, sleeping there. She's living in the Kmart. Well, oh. But she got locked in there, cause, and the, the dude that was, like, the employee there, he was he got locked in there, too, because he was doing something stupid. Okay. And she filled out really well. Ah, gotcha. When she got a little older. Yeah. And so she was super, super hot. Right. And now when I watch her on, um, was it the Ice Train show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still good looking, but she got some highway miles on her. <laughs> so, okay, so she um, is reading from this book called Labyrinth, and she's being watched by an owl. And... Then she realizes she's late to babysit her half-brother, Toby, who's a baby. She rushes home. Her stepmom gets pissed. and She looked like a bitch. Yeah. And the, the, the baby has her teddy bear named Lancelot. And so she's pissed off, and then the baby keeps crying. And she wishes that the baby would be taken away by the goblins from the book. The Goblin King. Well, then the baby disappears, and the Goblin King appears. David, David Bowie. Bowie. With his massive hair. And his two different colored eyes. This is a great role for Bowie. It was, You know, this is a really good mo- movie for Bowie. Well, oh. he... Uh, he offers her, her dreams in exchange for the baby, but she refuses, and she regrets her wish. So... She has 13 hours to solve the labyrinth and find the baby before he's turned into a goblin forever. So she meets this little uh, dwarfish man named Hoggle. He's awesome. Yes. He's such a dick. But she meets him, he's taking a piss. Yeah, and he's like killing fairies with a with bug spray. Bug spray. Um, so then she meets this talking worm. Which we just seen. Yeah, but he sends her in the wrong direction. Because he's an asshole. And she... Reunites with Hoggle. She gets confronted by the Goblin King. She escapes traps. Uh, they find this big beast named Ludo. Ludo. Ludo is awesome. Smell bad. 
Um, this poor baby, though, in this movie, man. You know, he had to be freaked out with all these fucking... Look at him. Well, he, he might have dug it. He don't know what the fuck is going on. I think that's the same kid from Ghostbusters 2. Really? Oscar. Poor man. He's named after a hot dog. Well, they... Um, <laughs> poor, poor man. He stinks. A hoggle. Is his daddy stinky? <laughs> so, they, okay, befriend Ludo, this big monster. Uh... Hoggle gives David Bowie uh, an enchanted peach, and he's supposed to give it to to this girl. David Bowie gives Hoggle the enchanted peach. Yeah. So she forgets. Yes, 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 that's right. Sorry. Um, She's harassed by a group of creatures called uh, Fires. (laughs) She she kisses um, Hoggle. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he gets pissed. They fall into a trapdoor, which sends him to the Bog of Eternal Stench. That thing is so funny. It's like, hmm? That's all farty. It's all farts. Yeah. I like these guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The door, the the, the keepers of the door, whatever you call them. Yeah. One's telling the truth and one's lying, but we don't know which one's what. Yes. Um. So, yeah, they, they, they get into the castle. Um. They, David Bowie does a little uh, musical number. Dance, magic, dance. Oh, my God. Where he's throwing the baby up in the air? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the goblin army comes out to stop him, but Ludo submit, uh, summons a multitude of rocks to chase the goblins away. You know, they, they offer her her dreams, and she says, you have no power over me, because that's the last line of the book. And the baby comes back, and the owl flies away. That's right. So, she gives her her um, teddy bear back to the baby, and then the mother, the father and stepmother, come home. And then you know she sees all those little puppets or little, little friends stuffed in, yeah, little yeah. friends. Um, and she's like, "I wish, I wish I could see you guys again." And like, "But you can." Yeah. And they're all sitting on her bed. Yeah. Yeah, they're all there. So, I mean, yeah, this thing was, uh, it was influenced by The Wizard of Oz. Um, basically, it's a retelling of The Wizard of Oz. This is a retelling of The Wizard of Oz? Yeah, because she, she goes to another that. land. It's it's influenced by The Wizard of Oz, so it's kind of a retelling. Um, where the Wild Things Are was an influence. I, I, well, the book was sitting on her desk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. like, they had The Wizard of Oz, they had Where the Wild Things Are, a couple other books were all sitting there. Um. Alice in Wonderland and Grimm's Fairy Tales. I can see this would be more like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, but also you know I could see the uh, I could see the uh, uh, Wizard of Oz connection. You know what? One movie we did not talk about, and I don't know if it was part of Jim Henson's product, was Time Bandits. I don't think it was because I thought that had some Muppets in it or puppets, but I mean. That's a whole nother... That could be a show in itself. That's a great movie. They had an all-star cast. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Just an interesting interesting little film that, uh, you know, we kind of uh, love. Maybe you've heard of it. You might have heard of it. A little tiny film. Yeah, just a little something here. Um, So, yeah. uh, George Lucas helped with the editing. And... Hoggle kind of looks like George Lucas. In a way, he kind of does. Without the beard. So, 
they would they took turns. Jim Henson and George Lucas took turns, <laughs> like uh, directing with well with the way that they wanted to cut it. So, I uh, they kind of because one George Lucas tight he cuts he cuts his movies very tightly. Yeah, and Jim Henson does not. He has longer pauses and things in there. So they kind of counteract each other and made a very good film. I'm glad George Lucas doesn't own the rights to this because he would have re, redone oh, it. changed it, yeah. Redone it and it would have been, instead of a lot of the Muppets, it would have been computer generated. Right. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. The Goblin King would have like transformed into a dragon or some shit. <laughs> well, um, Bowie, had, you know, he, had the, he had the soundtrack... For the film, he you know, he contributed the soundtrack. Yeah. So it was featured in a lot of music magazines and things like that, but he really didn't promote the film. He didn't have to. He's David Bowie. No, he. I mean, he didn't do anything. But they just plastered his face on TV and said, "Hey, look who's in this movie. You're gonna see it." Well, Jim Henson produced a music video for David Bowie for the song "Underground." And he said that, you know, even though he didn't really promote the movie, he contributed to the soundtrack, and that was one of the best things he could have done. Well, I thought he produced the one where it was him and Mick Jagger. The Dancing in the Streets? Yeah. <laughs> there was a ton of merchandise, uh, plush toys, a board game, a computer game, jigsaw puzzles, all just all kinds of shit. Um, and they actually had uh, exhibits of the film's characters that toured shopping malls around major U.S. cities. No, so they never came here. Well, not until the Ma- Jim Henson's Magic World came around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it did well. It did great. Uh, it's been released on all kinds of VHS, Betamax, Laserdisc, DVD, Blu-ray, all that jazz. Go back, go back, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> you know, for somebody who hasn't seen this movie in almost 20 years, you got it. I'm doing pretty fucking good. But it it does draw comparisons to Time Bandits. It's the story of a child trying to navigate a dreamlike world where logic is not like it should be. Uh, borrows heavily from The Princess and the Goblin, Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz, and Where the Wild Things Are. That's a review that somebody did. Um, they said that some some scenes are very eerie and others are very sentimental. Yeah. So, they... Uh, since Jim Henson died, they it's been reevaluated several times. You know, like what the movie, you know, like people had a, not, not necessarily a different opinion, but they would shine a different light on it. And they said that it's a fabulous fantasy. David Bowie, uh, he is spooky enough that uh, he fit in very well with all the, the, what they called goth Muppets. Oh, yeah. Okay. And... Jennifer Conley, her youth kind of makes her a... David Bowie's frightening appearance makes her a very, very good heroine in this movie. Uh, Dazzling movie, a masterpiece of puppetry and special effects, and a gorgeous children's fantasy movie. So yeah, people just love this film. And it had a very poor box office performance... But really, yeah, I'm surprised. Um, the success came later on home video and DVD, which is a lot. 
And David Bowie said that in 92, David Bowie said that every Christmas, a new flock of children come up to me and say, oh, you're the one that's in Labyrinth. Oh, nice. Uh, Jennifer Connelly says she still gets recognized in the weirdest of places. Um, it's a cult film now. And Brian Henson, Jim's son, says that he was very aware that Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal both had cult followings already in 1990. And he appreciated the fact that it was still, both of them were still very relevant. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, you know, these two movies, like you said, this one as well, uh, spin-off comics, um, they actually had a stage adaptation of this. They had a musical, a stage musical with live puppetry and live special effects. That'd be cool to see. Yeah, that would have been awesome. And in 2016, they started writing a script for the sequel. Really? And Lisa Henson, Jim Henson's daughter, was going to produce it. Well, Bowie died. Yeah. So he couldn't have been in it. Well, as of May 2020... Um, they're still, it's still they can get plugging else, away. They can get someone else to play the Goblin King. You know what would be good? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. As, as recent as February of 2021, Jennifer Conley said that she had been in conversations about being involved. Really? In the sequel, but they're unsure if it's even going to happen. Well, they can make her the Goblin Queen. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Both of them, I mean, what this this movie, I think I appreciated more as a child than The Dark Crystal. Yeah, so did I. Um, but they're both great, you know. They're, they're both good movies. And, Stop looking at my can, sorry. <laughs> and I think that they both still hold up very well. As 80s movies, sometimes you get some cheese, especially kids' movies from the 80s. Yeah. These two, I don't think you do. I no, these are not cheesy movies. They hold up very well. But they're both kind of frightening. Yeah. In their own in their own way. Yeah. So, anything else you want to talk about uh, of these two movies? No, I mean, they're both really good classics and I mean, they they still hold up today. And like you said, people still talk about them, even kids or, you know, up until David Bowie died, were saying, "Hey, you're the, you're the Goblin King." Yeah. Or even Jennifer Connelly, they still get recognized they still recognize her. Right. It's, it just shows that, that these two movies are so beloved, especially Labyrinth, that people are showing them to their children. And I, like we said with the Muppets, that's huge. I can't remember if we tried to get Charlotte to watch these or not. Well, you, you, uh, you should because they're both good movies. They're both great movies. They are. So, yeah. You know, if, if you enjoyed these or anything that we talked about in this three-part Jim Henson series... I, with that face, I'm going to say she's never seen this movie. Probably not. So, you know, if, you, if you've enjoyed anything we've talked about, introduce your kids to it. Introduce your kids to the old Sesame Street because it was different. Introduce your grandkids because, you know... Oh, yeah, and grandkids got, you know, People are our age or got grandkids now. Yeah. Show, show kids these movies because... In doing that, you're going to relive some of your childhood memories. You know, if you've enjoyed what just what we've talked about, show them to your kids, show them to your grandkids, you know, or, or family members, whatever. 
keep these movies alive because they're they're awesome. Everything Jim Henson touched was oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely amazing. And if we mention something you haven't seen, maybe you go watch it. Like so. Bud. Buddy. Yeah, Buddy. 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 We've never seen it, so. Or The Witches. I mean, some people haven't seen The Witches. So, yeah. Anything else? No. Uh, about Jim Henson in general. Because yeah. this is the last we're going to talk about him here. The guy was a genius. Absolutely. I mean, big part of our kid, or our childhood. Yeah. On all, all sorts of aspects. And he changed the world of puppeteering. Oh, yeah. For the, much for the better. Um, yeah. So thank you. Before thank that, you. we had Howdy Doody. Yeah, you had shitty marionettes yeah. and hand puppets. So th- thank you, Jim Henson, for doing what you did because it, it gave us an awesome childhood. Oh, yeah. So. And I would love to learn how to do this stuff, but it's expensive. Oh, yeah. Building puppets is super expensive. But then you got to deal with puppets. They have attitudes. They do. You know what? Fuck puppets. Uh, Muppets are cool, though. Muppets are cool. I like Muppets. Not Jim Henson. I don't want to make one. I don't want to live with one or anything. I live with a couple puppets anyways. You do live with some haunted puppets. I do. I do. The the ventriloquist dolls that are scary as shit. But, yeah. So, yeah, check out the world of Jim Henson, and hopefully you enjoyed our little review of it. Yeah. So, anything else? No. All right, well, we'll wrap this up. So, for the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour, I am Mikey. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. Yeah. Smell bad. Hey. What? You look like the babe. What babe? The babe. What babe? The babe. The babe with the power? The babe with the power. What power? The power. The power of voodoo. (laughs) Okay, see you later. Goodbye.
in nine hours and 23 minutes, you'll be mine. <laughs> I saw my baby trying hard as babe could try. What could I do? My baby's fun had gone and left my baby blue. Nobody knew what kind of magic spells to use. Under your light. Then baby said, dance magic, dance, dance magic, dance. Yeah.